Adios, nachos, amigos, and welcome to Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, are my friends, uh, my confidant, my tag team partner, David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, DJM? Buenos nachos, muchachos, DJM here, and it's time for another episode of Fanny Pack Wrestling. If you are seeing us for the first time on DiamondClub.tv, we appreciate you, we thank you, and we welcome you. Petey Rave, my friend, we, we normally cover the wild and wonderful world of independent wrestling, but today we're doing something just a tad bit different. It's indie-flavored, but uh, we're, we're dipping our toe into the evil empire. Tell us about it, yes. Petey. Yes, we're talking about the recent kind of, I guess you would call it since it was, you didn't specifically pay for it, the recent super card or live special event by NXT, their latest in the NXT TakeOver series, NXT TakeOver, our evolution. Uh, it is, it, it was a kind of a big showcase, debuts, uh, f- you know, final matches, redemption, a lot of storylines, a lot of interestingness. Uh, and I have to uh, well, let's let's talk about who we got to joining us with this. DJM, who do we have joining us uh, today? Well, first on the dock, a brand new invitee to Team Fanny Pack. He is the founder, executive producer, managing editor, the just overall boss in charge of all the things you see at Anime3000.com. The future of anime and manga will be under the guise of Mr. Sean Russell. Sean, thanks for coming on Fanny Pack. Thank you for inviting me. I look forward to talking about the wrestling. Yes. Glad to have you, Sean. The wrestling and the grappling and the whatnot. (laughs) Also on the show with us this evening, a regular to Fanny Pack Wrestling. You can find him on the Twitters at Foster on Sports, talking all things sports ball, the incomparable Rick Foster. Rick Foster, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's talk about men in stretchy pants. Uh, let's get stretchy this going. Pants. Get the stretchy let's, pants. Let's talk NXT. Now, Petey, you, you talked a little bit about NXT just a bit. Uh, the, the reason... I picked out this show. Uh, I guess you could say it's part of the awesome series because, well, yes, this show was pretty damn awesome. In fact, yes. it was so awesome that the R Squared Circle subreddit forum sent Triple H, the guy running NXT, they sent Triple H a fruit basket. Paul Levesque. So good. They yes. sent. The Cheeto Munchers, as Rick Foster likes to call them, were so happy with this show, they sent the uber-evil man, the great Satan of the internet wrestling community. The man with the biggest shovel. He, they, they gave them they a They sent basket. Triple H a fruit basket because this show was of such high quality. Petey Rave, let's dive in to our evolution. Yeah, our evolution was an interesting event from uh, start to finish. Starting off, I think the first first thing we find is a debut. We get one of the biggest debuts in recent uh, NXT history, which is Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin, we we uh, a man we know by the name of Kevin Steen, now reborn, rebranded, and well, on, on certain certain te- uh, certain ways, still the same old. Uh, you know, fighting, uh, fighting dude that we know, but kind of under a new name, a uh, nice tribute name. Uh, and with a, you know, an interesting debut, a cool video. And I have to ask, 
first impressions and uh, going into like this first video and meeting Kevin Owens, I'll ask Sean, Sean, what was your first impression when this started up and you got to meet Kevin Owens? Uh, when I first saw Kevin Owens, obviously not having a huge background with NXT, but being familiar with NXT, he re- really reminded me of a Husky Harris um, type of um, persona. And that I love the fact that the crowd was really behind him. And um, for first impression of Ke- um, Kevin Owens was my first impression of the whole entire world. And it really reminded me of that, that ODCW, just the crowd really behind everybody and how they were really behind him made me want to get behind him. I'm um, seeing that he was a fan favorite. So that my first impression was I thought I was going to see some really cool stuff out of him. Mm-hmm. And one we certainly that, saw, saw some cool stuff. But yeah, DJ. Uh, one thing that has always kind of been special about Kevin Owens is that he he does kind of have that big guy persona in, in the vein of a Husky Harris, uh, but along with being extremely athletic. The, the old phrase, he's athletic for his size, does not apply to the former Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens. He's just straight up athletic. Yes. And we got to see some of this just in his NXT debut. Uh, Rick, uh, you knowing Kevin a little bit more uh, like the rest of us, uh, what did you think of seeing Kevin Owens' debut? Uh, that was definitely one of the more impactful, uh, debuts. Uh, I guess they, I was expecting, uh, Owens just to kind of come in, uh, get, you know, a couple minutes of dominance and then just kind of wham, bam, thank you, man. But I mean, it, they actually, his nose got broken. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they gave, uh, CJ Parker a little bit of, uh, you know, of time of, you know, offense and things like that. And uh, I, I can bring in like a, a another outside opinion. Uh, my girlfriend had watched the first hour with me, and she said, "Wow, like that," because uh, I was like, "Oh man, this is really exciting. This guy is coming in. I know him. You know, uh, one of the I talked to him one time after a Chikara show, uh, and I said, "I said, yeah, man, how do I get big like you?" And he's like, "Just eat everything in sight, just like in a." In a Canadian accent. So, I mean, I kind of had that personal, uh, bond with him. And you can see, I mean, he, it's, this was, this is his goal of getting in. I mean, when he first walked out and he gets that ovation, it was, you can kind of see him, uh, a little bit teary eyed just a bit. And I kind of got teary eyed too for a moment, uh, just knowing how, uh, how hard he's worked, uh, to get to that point and, uh, very, very impactful uh, debut. Uh, probably the best I've seen in a really long time. I don't know if you guys saw the, the video packages on previous episodes of NXT, but they, they did a really great job of, of building up Kevin Owens and then telling his story about how he, he was in a tag team with Daniel Bryan, and then he got called up. Uh, Adrian Neville. He met Adrian Neville all the way back in 2006 when Adrian Neville was still just wrestling in England. Uh, he, of course, as we all know, he's the longtime friend of Sami Zayn, uh, who <coughs> is really good friends with Kevin Scene's tag team partner, El Generico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I break. <laughs> I don't think they've, I mean, ever done uh, just they've broken that fourth wall uh, 
that, like that they have, which is very, very interesting. Mentioning life outside of their own company, like uh-huh. they it's, have. It's the reality era, you guys. They yeah. they always talk about the reality era, but here we are. They're they're acknowledging these guys and their time on the indies. Uh, it started, of course, as I've said many times on Fanny Pack. We're we're in a post Daniel Bryan world. We're in a post CM Punk world, where now these guys coming from the indie scene are getting this huge opportunity and the fans are welcoming them with open arms and just starting out this first segment of this of this show it really made Kevin Owens's debut look like a big deal and by all by all accounts he he killed it yes. and that was that was a great start to the show mm-hmm. it, it got the show really off to a really good start and and I think credit should go to CJ Parker too, uh, just because I mean he's for for a character that is so it, it's so weird that you know <laughs> C J Parker is a bad guy when he's trying to improve the world <laughs> type scenario. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, hats off to him. He definitely I I think he's the best uh, debut uh, guy in the business because I mean he did this last time with uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, when he debuted uh, at that last supercard as well. Also, from that palm strike when he broke Kevin Owens' nose, I don't know if you saw the photo on Twitter, but oh, it actually geez. gave him a pretty good cut on his hand, uh-huh. like all the way down to the bone. So Owie. CJ definitely showing some toughness as well. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, uh, moving on into the rest of the show, Petey. Yes, uh, we're talking about the next match. We have the current holders of the... Uh, Lucha, uh, mantle in the WWE company. Uh, the Lucha Dragons, consisting of Callisto and the aforementioned Sincara, I believe, uh, taking on, uh, defending their NXT Tag Team Championships against the Vaudevillians of Aiden English that, and Simon. That, it's Vaudevillains. <laughs> Vaudevillains. Uh, Vaudevillains of Aiden English and Simon Gotch. Uh, Callisto is, is, uh, one guy that's like a recent hire, uh, not too long ago, I, I think maybe this last year, the previous year, on um, yeah. Sinkara is a character <laughs> that has been around in the WWE for quite a bit, um, maybe possibly portrayed by more than one person. Uh, <laughs> no, never. No. Uh, which is really, I think, as, me- as, as properly Mexican as that character can be, is a, a mask that's worn by multiple people. I think that is a nice, good, Proper, you know, Mexican, appropriate. It's, appropriate. it's appropriate. It's a proper Mexican tradition to have more than one person be a particular character. But uh, the Lucha Dragons versus the Vaude Villains, and I have to uh, go to you, Sean. What was your What was your first impression? What was your feeling as you saw these guys, uh, knowing Sin Cara's character, uh, and getting, I guess, your first impression of Callisto? Um, I was I was hoping to see more. Out of them, I, I'm going to be honest, I was a little disappointed. I haven't been too happy with the portrayal of, um, of Lucha Libre on, on WWE, mainly because the fans don't get behind them as much as I would hope they would. And I think this, the pacing of this particular match didn't lend to them really doing some amazing stuff. What I was really, are we just talking about the Lucha Dragons right now? The whole thing. Whatever you my, like. my, my my thing that I really took away from it was the Vaude Villains. Yes. Uh, I I 
I, first of all, I'd never seen them before. So seeing them for the first time, I was like, oh my goodness, this could either be really awesome or really <laughs> horrible. And um, I guess, I guess you get more of the impact when you see their, um, see their, see their um, vignettes and things of that nature. But um, just the whole black and white and them coming out, I was just like, this is, this is awesome. But I in also... the lead up to this particular show, they they did a, a few kind of vignettes where they were done in the old silent movie style, where the VOD villains were the good guys and they were stopping the the nefarious Lucha Dragons from committing all sorts of naughty atrocities, and it was all in black and white and silent movie style. And the Lucha, um, the VOD villains, they they have. A very, a very indie type of thing where, yes, they're supposed to be heels, they're supposed to be bad guys, but nobody actually really hates them because yes. they're wonderful. <laughs> because they're wonderful. Uh, even, even like, even knowing that, uh, that we've seen that. Even with Kalisto, uh, the former Samurai del Sol, who is absolutely phenomenal with anything with the Lucha Dragons, keep your eye on Callisto. My God, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And but, he used to be in PWG. Is that is yes. that correct? Okay. Samurai Del Sol. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Dragon Gate USA as well. Uh, Evolve as well. I saw him at WrestleCon. Uh, he is, he is an, he, for being a, you know, Hispanic and being kind of a short stature for Lucha, he is an imposing figure. Dude is small. <laughs> now, I mean, with Kalisto and Sin Cara, and I know they have the, um, they're missing that uh, Lucha mask person in in the main roster. Do you think maybe like Kalisto and I mean an improved Sin Sin Cara? I mean, from the last time I saw him, uh, do you think he could fill that Rey Mysterio void? It's gonna be Kalisto. I don't have any doubt about that in my mind. I think Kalisto. I remember what Rey Mysterio Jr. was like in WCW when he yes. first burst onto the scene. And he was revolutionary. I see that with Callisto. The only guy that I think might be on his level in terms of just high-flying ability is Adrian Neville. I think Callisto, along with Adrian Neville, are going to be those guys when they get to the main roster that are just going to be must-see television. Mm-hmm. Like, Kalisto uh, will be off the charts good. Yeah. I think the one disappointment, and I always go back to kind of this disappointment, and I know it's a, it's just kind of an existence, especially with mainstream American wrestling, is that knowing the fact that in Lucha Libre in Mexico, luchadors have gimmicks, have personas, whereas in American wrestling, especially the WWE, specifically the WWE, Lucha is the gimmick. Yes. And uh-huh. it, this yeah. all gets boiled down and, and just, uh, simplified to that, which is kind of, it's sad. I know it's just, I should probably resign to the fact that it's going to be that way, but it still disappoints me. It still makes me a little sad. Yeah. But I think that Kalisto has that talent and has that ability that he is going to make that work. Like anytime you see the Lucha Dragons, he's the one that always gets the crowd the most fired up going, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Oh yeah, Lucha. I agree. But I, I feel, but I feel like, I feel like the main WWE roster doesn't lend to really exploiting his talents or exploiting those really high flying Lucha, Lucha, Luchadors, um, in the ring. And what ends up happening is you have a Rey Mysterio situation where they try to make him appeal to the kids and he ends up just 
being squashed by a big show or a big E or something to that nature. And you don't really see those types of matches that really make Lucha Libre um, what it is. Yeah, it's well, tough because I, I think I will historically... say, Sean, there are a couple of guys that I yeah. know for a fact that are big heavyweight WWE guys that know how to have be a base for luchadors. One of them being Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other being Daniel Bryan. God willing, he comes back someday. And uh, a few others that know how to work with guys like Sin Cara and like like, like Luke Callisto. Owen, like Luke, Luke Bryan, Luke Harper, Luke Harper, Luke Harper as well. <laughs> so not all. It's not completely hopeless. It's just a matter of WWE allowing it to happen. But um. That that does remain to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to hope for that. I think uh, again, I, I, the VOD villains are are a delight. Uh, even... And yeah, the VOD I... villains. You you hope that WWE creative and the main roster appreciates what they are and doesn't change them because again, this is NXT. It is a developmental company, and everyone that watches NXT. Has a certain level of appreciation for the VOD villains. I, I mean, I, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> with a lot of things in NXT, there's always this kind of undercurrent of what's going to happen if they get called up to the main roster. There's always that kind of feeling, that that little bit of, of fear of not getting too attached, and that's kind of how I feel with the VOD villains. I was about to say the same thing. I, I it's a brilliant gimmick for you know. Uh, 900 people, a thousand people. Uh, I don't know how well that translates to a 22,000, uh, crowd on a Monday night or a 80,000 filled for WrestleMania. Uh, there's just some gimmicks that are, are great that won't translate, um, mainstream. And I honestly think that as, as good as the vaudeville gimmick gimmick is, I don't think it could translate uh, in a mainstream thing. Uh, I'm, I've been proven wrong multiple times, but I, I think this is out of all of the characters uh, that were uh, portrayed on Revolution or NXT R Evolution. Uh, I think that that's the only gimmick where I, I can't see that uh, jumps to the main to the yeah, main stage at all. Yeah. I feel and, and, I feel six. I feel sorry. I feel real quick, and then I mean, yeah, go ahead, Sean. 60% of that, of that super card to me of its appeal came from the audience. Like mm-hmm. if, if that audience, if, you did, if there wasn't that audience participation, the show wouldn't have been as good as it was. And I don't think that unless you're someone like Daniel Bryan, who they really worked up that whole underdog angle where you had to, he had to have had the support from the audience or he was nothing. I don't see the whole, all that whole arena kind of being on that same page with the, with all the chants that they did. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of one thing that I guess a lot of WWE fans often don't get with NXT or, or indie shows in that there is a good amount of crowd interaction. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, when you go to a smaller show like this, if you're in the crowd of 500, 600, 1,000 people, in a lot of ways, you're a part of the show. Yes. And you play a factor into how the viewers at home are reacting to what they're seeing on the screen. 
And I'm going to get into that in the the, the tag team match yes. between the Ascension mm-hmm. yeah, and it, Hideo yes. and well, Finn. But Bell. before that, yeah, we're really going to get into that. We have one match before that, and I wanted to uh, end on one thought. I, I, lo- I do think they're VOD villains, but they do make me uh, long for Jervis Cotton Belly. Uh, <laughs> and, and Thunder Kitty as well. Thunder Kitty, of course. Uh, the lovely Thunder Kitty. Uh, uh, but yeah, moving on to the next match. Another kind of showcase match more than anything. We had, uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, God's bless him, uh, going into the ring with the lone wolf Baron Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin is an interesting person. This, I have no, I have, I, I really don't have that much experience with Baron Corbin specifically. And, uh, he definitely left an impression, uh, specifically in the fact that they've made the, he can, he, uh, finishes his fat matches quick into a thing, into his gimmick. Uh, you know, in a world, in a world, uh, that, uh, does not necessarily, uh, long for, you know, uh, less than a minute matches. The fact that they successfully turned it into, I guess, in this little, uh, universe that you want to call the NXT universe turned Baron Corbin's I kill, I kill fools in less than a minute thing <laughs> into a gimmick a la, a la Taz back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait, no, that was, that was, that was a very specific thing that I'm, I'm, I'm misappropriating. Never mind. Forget that reference. Uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, I'll go to you, Sean. Uh, uh, what was your impression of Baron Corbin? Uh, when he first walked out, I was thinking he could easily have been a replacement for someone in the shield. Like just <laughs> the way he was packaged. He looked like a, a Roman Reigns light and mixed with Daryl from The Walking Dead. But <laughs> uh, when he came out to the ring and he actually started wrestling, um, I was just kind of like, all right, what's going to happen here? It wasn't until the audience started counting that I was like, okay, this might be awesome. Because they're taking this tired um, uh, Rushef, um, Titus, Umaga, sort of ice squash, I'm sorry, Goldberg, ice squash um, wrestler sort of thing and putting the audience into it. But then like every single match, every single thing in NXT, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, will this person work on the main roster? And Mm -hmm. I don't see, no, I think to myself, for anybody to really be pulled off and to take a spot on the roster, will they hold up in a match against John Cena? Because at this point, that's what the WWE needs to be looking for. They need to be looking for someone that can have a credible match with John Cena. And I can go on and on about why that's the case, but... We're just specifically talking about NXT. And I don't think he can. Because outside of that gimmick of him, you know, beating people in a minute, he can be easily forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, Ryback. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I totally agree uh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, uh, if he will be the guy or, you know, if, you know, I will or say, he just works. as a disclaimer, I think he's only about a month into this character. Yeah, he and uh, whenever – so I believe he debuted in September, yeah. uh, the last the last Supercard that they had. Um, so, yeah, he's, you know, three – math, yeah, so three months into this thing. And he's in a feud with another guy who's kind of got the same, the same gimmick, uh, you know, uh, beating people in – in less time, uh, 
the NXTs prior, they they would have the the cooldown squash matches. It's him. Uh, so Bull Dempsey. Uh, I mean, we could talk about this uh, as well. Bull Dempsey came out afterwards, and you know, kind of, you know, had a little a stare down. And he has the same thing. Um, you know, he comes out, he beats people in um, 25 seconds, and then Baron Corbin will come out, uh, and he'll beat that guy in 15. And and so, I mean, and again, it's crowd interaction, just like uh, they're both counting uh, as well uh, for both matches. And I think um, once they kind of have their thing together um, – because that, that's what it's building up to. Uh, I think we'll see both of them kind of put out a long, decent match, and we can get a, a better read at how things are. But, I mean, as far as a cooldown match is concerned, I thought it was a great cooldown because, I mean, every every card needs a cooldown. It can't be, you know, uh, Brian versus Punk for an hour and then uh, Punk versus... Brock Lesnar for two hours, uh, you know, the, every and then the Briscoes versus the Young Bucks. Why yeah. not? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been, I've been As at... someone who who went to a lot of those Ring of Honor shows through the two through the mid two thousands. I I learned the appreciation for a cool. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been at WrestleMania twenty nine where they they lined up, uh, they lined up Taker Punk, and then Lesnar. Lesnar, uh, Paul Levesque and, uh, Roxena too. And by the end of, you know, I think it was by the end of Punk Taker, uh, nobody was ready for the any crowd more was wrestling. totally the, the, deflated. The deflated by Roxena. So it, you need that, um, you need that kind of a shit bird quick wham bam thank you ma'am match. Uh, cause otherwise, could you imagine if uh, people would have been dead by, uh, Zane, Zay Neville, if you didn't, if you didn't have one of those matches, so yeah. which I actually thought, uh, Steen, uh, the Steen match was going to be the cooldown. Yeah. Uh, but it, but uh, it was a good, they they decided to kind of have it be set the pace instead. Uh, exactly, yeah. and and I thought that worked very well. Uh, and I've said it over and over again: the way you open the show is almost as important as the main event. And and, and I was going to say, killed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why I think Dolph Ziggler is the best opening man in the business, uh, because he 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 really sets the pace with all of his matches. Uh, so yeah, you just yeah. need you need that opener guy, and you need that popcorn quick mm-hmm. bathroom so, break match. So okay. So speaking of main events, I think we we can almost call this uh, one of the triple uh, co-main event, the triple header co-main events. Uh, no, it's not the we, main event. It's not last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have the tag team uh, contest, tag team grudge match. We have uh, the Ascension taking on Hideo Itami, Hideo Itami, uh, and his uh, friend and uh, tag team partner Finn Balor. Uh, we had a very, very interesting video package to set this up, right, Deej? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, just if I may, uh, to interject, uh, Finn Balor, the former Prince Devitt of New Japan Pro Wrestling and former leader of the Bullet Club, too sweet, uh, and Hideo Itami, uh, the former GHC heavyweight champion and former ROH star Kenta, 
in a feud against the the big dudes, the the big tag team of NXT for God knows how long, Connor and Victor, the a Ascension. Yep. Uh, Hideo Itami made his debut in NXT, and the Ascension went after him right away. And for a little while, it was two-on-one until Finn Balor came up and evened the odds. And we saw the opening of this contest with a video package and a couple of very interesting entrances. Of course, we saw the Ascension doing their dark and mystical thing that is about to be killed as soon as they're on the main roster, if you've seen the, seen the vignettes. My God, they're awful. Uh, Hideo Itami came out dressed like Scorpion for Mortal Kombat. Yes. And Finn Balor uh, brought back uh, an old tradition of his from his days with uh, Shin Nihon Pro Petey? Yes. Uh, he had a, a, at this time, well, his old tradition is that he would do the kind of serious, uh, kind of a menacing version of Levo Bates's uh, cosplay uh, thing. And that would be kind of his face painting himself in the form of whatever character he cho- so chooses to kind of do a little bit of a, a, a psychological warfare. Uh, and historically, he's done Venom. He's done basically every Spider-Man related variation or... or uh, he was also a Titan from Attack on Titan. Yes, he was also a Titan from Attack on Titan. He's been the Joker. Uh, he's been, you know, so he, he's not, he's not, he's, uh, platform agnostic when it comes to comic book, comic book characters. Uh, you know, he's done various ones. This one, he is insistent is not a specific character, though many people, uh, 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 posit that it might be Carnage, I believe. Uh, I thought Carnage as well. Yeah. I thought yep. Carnage. But, but he said specifically that, that it's not a specific character, it's just some, uh, just a general design, but I imagine media, uh, media inspires media, we're all inspired by Copyright. somebody. Copyright! So. Yes. <laughs> so Give even if it's... Away, please. Yes, I promise if, Vince, it's not, a, it's not a Marvel character, Vince. It's not a Marvel character. <laughs> uh, With Finn's entrance, the NXT crowd absolutely lost their minds. Yes. So much so that for the first time ever, I heard a chant saying, marking out. Yeah. (laughs) I've never heard that before in my life. Yes. That's how crazy that was. So much so that they got a really great shot of the Ascension when Finn was making his entrance. And you saw uh, Victor just kind of looking on like... What the hell? What, what is what is going on? And it was just a, a perfect camera shot. And th- this is this is the kind of thing that really sent this show into high gear. Yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, what did you think of this match uh, from start to finish? Um, I was expecting a lot more from. I was expecting a lot more from Hideo Hideo Hideo, Hideo Tommy. Great. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. (laughs) Because I have to talk about this. (laughs) There is one particular moment in this match, Sean, and I I want you to, to think about this for a second, where Hideo got one of the members of the Ascension up on his shoulders. Yes. And you saw the crowd. 
completely lose their mind. I, I don't think they lost their minds. I think they shat their pants. I think that's what it was. <laughs> now, Sean, <laughs> do, do you have? Did you have a, a thought as to why this happened? Well, they were chanting TKO um, a lot during the match. So I'm a, when I when he did that, and I saw the crowd when they were started marking out. I was assuming that was a move that they wanted him to do. Yes, then... it is it is a move that he invented that that has not been used uh in the WWE by him yet. Uh because it, it is a move that he invented and, and kind of made famous in the wrestling world. Uh the move that they were looking for him to do at that moment was the go to sleep, the GTS. Oh, okay. That was his move. So when he had one of the members up on of the Ascension up on his shoulders, uh, they were ch- actually chanting Hideo, Hideo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he, oh. had the, he had him up on his shoulders, and even even the commentary team were like, "No way, no way, he's gonna yep. do it, he's gonna do it." Yes. And so they're so they're teasing it for the right moment, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that, so that right. I, I think it's I think it's genius to to not. Uh, uh, pull that, pull that out for not, not quite for pull pull that button, not quite push that button just yet. But yeah, Sean, as you were I, saying I about think uh, that, when they saw the reaction that it got, the the tease of Hideo hitting his move, the go to sleep. Uh, I, I think they probably realized, okay, yeah, we can we can totally let him use the move. It's it's yeah. probably okay. Yeah. Now, now, is that the, is that the same go to sleep from that wrestler from Chicago? Yes. Yep. The, the from, same one. From the, yeah, from the guy that's a, a comic book enthusiast, uh, Walking Dead. Walking yeah, Dead enthusiast. That's going, going to UFC, okay. Also, also, right after that, right after that, he, he did, uh, the running knee strike, yes. uh, known to him as the Busaiku knee. Yeah. But here in the United States, it's known as, uh, the move used by Daniel Bryan, uh, knee plus. Known essentially as, the move that beat John Cena. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Hideo Itami has had a, a couple of moves from his arsenal, let's say, borrowed uh, yeah. in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, as uh, you were saying, Sean, your thoughts on, on the match? Yeah, um, I, I actually enjoyed the match. I mean, I was, I guess, I guess the crowd had a lot to do with it as well. But, um, cause when, when, um, Finn was coming out, I heard some chuckling from the crowd. Like I thought something, someone had messed up. But when then he started to come out, um, everyone was just kind of losing their mind. And then that kind of let me buy into it a little bit more and and think it was a little cooler than I initially thought it was. And then I started to mark out for some reason, like I guess hive mind. And then, but then it, it kind of dawned on me, I've seen this somewhere before, and. It seemed like a strange hybrid of Sting, Jeff Hardy, and the Boogeyman all mixed together. And when, when he came out. But nevertheless, I did like, um, his moveset. I like, um, I like his work in the ring. I think that, um, I still think they should have done more with, um, Hideo, but I guess it was more of Finn Balor's, um, Balor or Baylor? Balor. Balor. Um, I think it was, I think it was more of his, um, debut and his, um, his showcase, I guess. So that's yeah. why they made, they put him over the rest of them. But I did hear a promo. I didn't want to make this comment of from Ascension that reminded me of a late nineties version of Triple H. 
um, you, you know the whole and uh, you better listen to oh yeah <laughs> they, they they have had they've started getting their their debut vignettes on smackdown in the last week or two they're 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 awful i mean it's like a bad legion of doom yes <laughs> Which is even worse because the Ascension aren't that great to begin with. So they're moving up? They're moving up to the big leagues? Yeah. Yep. Very soon. Very, very soon. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was... Rick, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I I, I guess um, I I just don't see the appeal of the Ascension. I mean, they're very... No one does. They're very very great. They're very... I mean, they're a great powerhouse team. Um... But I just don't see it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't either. Which is, which is great. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll do things. I um, I, 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 I know. Uh, I I like it. I like their thing, and I like their whole approach better when it's done by uh, the Devastation Corporation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, pretty much. I I love the Dev the Dev Corp. Uh, just because of Sydney Bacabella. Uh, yes. Maybe I, that's what they I, need. I'm not, I'm not going to be biased here. Back in the day, there was this tag team, John Davis and Corey Chavis, the Dark City Fight Club. So I, I think that if you can have a, a big man bruiser tag team or the yes. Devastation Corporation, awesome. By all means, I think, go for I it. I think they just need a, a mouthpiece. Uh, I think it's yeah. just because they they talk and, yeah, I think – like and you, you know said, who was, who and, was their mouthpiece? Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Originally, they were a faction led by Ricardo Rodriguez in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, they and were, then it they, was fun. then a creative had nothing for them, apparently. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Um, and I was gonna, I was gonna add, uh, for the Adeo stuff, I, honestly, I mean, I think everybody does want to see the, uh, Hideo Itami, um, you know, people, him eating people and, you know, beating them up and things like that. I think he's just a hell of a baby face in peril. Yes. Uh, uh, just because, uh, I don't know, man, he's really, really good, uh, good for being expressor. that person in peril. He yeah. He's a very good, good expressor. Um, I think it's because he's, he's small and, but people know like he can beat the shit out of people. I think people are, are taken back like, whoa, this is, this guy yeah, is getting, like they believe that it, he's yeah he may be in peril now but if he could just get find his opening he could but really, when he, he could gets turn that it opening, off. people will die yes. exactly <laughs> so I th- I think I think that's a reason why they put him in that position um just because he's he's really he's a really good emoter and and again it's the he just needs that one break and if he gets and it he's again, gonna rich just that one instance just that one instance where he teased that one moment. People lost their minds because everyone knew that he he was about to just explode yeah. and go oh, off. Yeah, and start you know I lost my off. mind because <laughs> I I I specifically tweeted you going, "Hey, that S that GTS tease though." <laughs> oh, during the pay per view, I absolutely lost it. Like I I still I still go back and watch the clip of mm-hmm. Hideo putting the the ascension up on his shoulders and just hearing the crowd yeah. and hearing the commentators to say no way no way he's going to do it yes yeah. yes and then and still gets me. i i do want to add uh my my third third party uh opinion from my girlfriend she she was really impressed with uh 
with Finn as well. Uh, just the entrance alone was like, wow, this guy, like this guy is like for real, like Finn's more a paint. Megastar. Yeah, Finn's and a megastar. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, he he was already doing stuff and in front of huge crowds in New Japan. Uh-huh. That that was yeah. That, it's that, only a matter of time. With him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Totally but honestly, time. yes, it, it is a matter of time. But I, I still, I still kind of want to see more, uh, more of them together. I don't, yeah. I don't really want them to, to break up just because. I, they... I, I, I understand that, but I, I do want to see Hideo in a few more singles matches. Yeah. Only because I, I think that, uh, only because I'm, I'm kind of thirsty for it. I'm kind of thirsty to see Hideo the, be the guy that I know he is. Uh-huh. Yes, the thirst is real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, they're, they're just some qu- top quality talent. And I think it, they did have a great opportunity to like showcase it in this match. And, uh, yeah, th- that GTS tease though <laughs> was just like, uh, and I, and I see both of them. I, I could envision both of them on the roster. Yeah. On the main yeah, roster. And guys, let me just throw this out, out there. Sometime, somewhere down the line in, in a wonderful, wonderful future timeline. Hideo Itami will get a one-on-one singles match with his old former rival from Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling, Noah. Yes. You guys know who I'm talking about. Fandango. Fandango. Yes. <laughs> Fandango. Uh, no, Sean, and for anyone out there that may not know, I'm talking, of course, about Daniel Bryan. Yes. Uh, him yes. and... Uh, Hideo, uh, both under their former names, had uh, a series of fantastic matches and a fantastic story uh, with Ring of Honor and, and Noah. And God, just if I can get that, if I can get that, just everything WWE has done that I've bitched and complained about over the years, I will forgive damn near all of it, except for WrestleMania 19, because I'll never let <laughs> Yeah. Wow! <laughs> never, um, never. Uh, I, you know what? I'd, I'd be in favor of, uh, of Brian uh, coming down to NXT to work out some ring rust and, and maybe, yes. uh, and maybe have, have some fun with uh, Hideo. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be in favor of that. Yes, uh, you know, so yeah. calling it back in the days. Uh, but yeah, we could go on and on for, for, for hours and hours on these two guys. Uh, but we got a couple more, uh, thirds of the triple main event to talk about, which is we're going to talk about the ladies, talk about NXT Women's Championship contest, uh, with the boss, Sasha Banks, uh, taking on the, the one that if you're going to do it, do it with Flair, uh, Charlotte. Woo! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Daughter of one, uh, Rick, the nature boy, nature boy Rick Flair. Uh, women's wrestling. And this one had an actual proper buildup. Like this one, uh, had, you know, a video had, like package. a pretty good long-term storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlotte and Sasha were, uh, the BFFs, uh, now former BFFs. Uh, and of course in the center of all of this was the princess of NXT, Bailey. Yes. Uh, because they were mean to Bailey, and if you're mean to Bailey, you're, you're a terrible person. <laughs> Just <laughs> gotcha. like Becky Lynch. And Sasha, being the NXT women's champion, uh, decided that, hey, it's not Charlotte. really Charlotte, Charlotte. Uh, needing, saying, hey, we don't need to be mean to Bailey anymore. And of course, Sasha Banks, being the boss, decided, nah, her and Becky Lynch, we're, we're still gonna bully Bailey around. And that led us into this match where Sasha Banks had earned a shot against the genetically superior Charlotte. 
for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Sean, uh, seeing what you see on Raw and SmackDown with the WWE Divas, uh, what did you think coming out of this? This is wrestling. Um, You don't say. (laughs) No, no. No, it was actually a good match. And it, 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 um, I was reserving my opinion, trying to really feel it out because I've seen some decent, um, divas matches in the past, but they actually, um, put on a good show throughout, um, especially towards the middle to the latter half of the show. I, pretty much when the crowd turned around with them is kind of when I was, um, turning around with it as well. Um, I, I loved how they were really behind Sasha, although I didn't think she was going to win. Um, I kind of had hope that she would win without knowing any of the backstories. Of course, I saw a little bit of the clips and I saw her, you know, with some other girl. I'm guessing that was Bailey in the little. Bailey and Becky Lynch. There were two of them. Yep. Becky Lynch is the, the one with, uh, Sasha. And then, uh, Bailey is the one with the almost kind of rainbow pants, uh, and with like a knee injury. The knee injury. Knee injury. Okay. But, um, I, so the match I liked, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a good, well paced match. Um, lots of back and forth, some highs and lows. The psychology of the match was really good. It reminded me of, uh, of a, of a, this is like your, your classic wrestling match between guys, but it was with featuring um, women. As far as Charlotte, that was my first time ever seeing her. I'm aware of her existence, but I've never seen her before. So it was cool to see a flair wrestle. Um, but outside of that, I thought it was um, I thought it was a good spot for that part of the show. Yeah, it was a good. Was- I-, I will say that I I had only seen a little bit of Charlotte. Uh, and I knew that one of her big things about the whole I'm genetically superior gimmick was how super athletic she was. And there was one spot in this match that was almost Kota Ibushi-like in, in athleticism. Uh, it was going into the finish of the match where she attempted a moonsault but landed on her feet and then turned it into a somersault senton. Yes. That was, that, that to was, me yeah, was like, that was really impressive. And from there, I I pretty much became a fan of Charlotte in that. But also, Sasha Banks, am I going to be off the mark in saying she might be the best diva on NXT right now? I think she might be – would it be crazy for me to say – I think she might be ready for the main roster. She, I, she, she has a good persona, yeah. I Yeah, I think the persona carries her. To, to the main roster, uh, her, her wrestling abilities are there, obviously. Um, it's, I mean, this is the first out of the, uh, NXT, like, special event type things where, yeah, it actually had a story. Uh, I'm not a fan of Divas wrestling, uh, and just doing moves. And then, you know, it, it, it has to tell a story. And I think, uh, this is the first time Charlotte kind of had a test almost, uh, in Sasha, uh, just cause it seemed like Sasha was doing some mind game stuff, you know, you know, this is your flair, really? This is what you're bringing to me? If, you know, things like that. And, uh, I think, I, I think Sasha is, is a very she good She even wrestler. did some of the old flair stuff too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, I think, I think she's ready yeah, to she main did her, roster. She did Charlotte's hold. She did the, uh, 
the the strut, the uh-huh. Ric Flair double, almost like almost a little bit of double J and Jeff Jarrett in there, you know, hey, the little strut, the, the yeah. fingers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she did the strut. She she it was a good psychology to the match. It was it was kind of cool and it was it was well like well wrestled. It was it had a good pace uh-huh. to it and it had a good a really good energy to it. Uh, I felt. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, uh, and I know there's a lot of, um, at least on the, on the Reddit squared circle, there was a lot of, you know, why the, uh, cause previously Charlotte was on Raw the week prior where she lost to Natalia. Natalia. And which Natalia had actually lost to Charlotte, uh, two specials ago in a, in a great match. And, uh, People were kind of losing their shit about it. Um, Triple H talked about this in uh, a press conference for for NXT TakeOver, and his answer was, um, well, because because reasons. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it was a – it's not like she was being promoted and and then she lost in her debut, things like that. Uh, Yeah, I just – I don't understand why people were losing their shit about it. Um, because I, I think if, it's because people are expecting Charlotte to get called up soon, yeah. and that that wasn't a very good way to debut someone that you would think is getting called up soon. But, but I don't I don't think Charlotte is being called up very soon. I don't I and here's the thing is I don't really want any of the women wrestlers to be called up anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, See, just because as, it's as someone that likes Emma, someone that's a yeah. fan of Emma. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't want them to leave I, NXT. I either. feel I feel like NXT, for a little bit of that I watched, I think NXT is wrestling, women's wrestling, and the WWE are divas. And I think that it's almost a demotion when you – because I watched it, and it was just like a wrestling match that just happened to have women in it. When mm-hmm. I see stuff on Raw, it's like – it's almost short of – and then a yeah. backflip. Well, you know, yeah. Like, yep. you, you hear Joey Styles in the back of your head going, Cafe! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just just like you said, uh, women. I mean, in NXT, it's called the women's title, where in WWE, it's called the divas title. Um, it's that's yeah. a huge that's a huge thing. Uh, but I mean, I just I I don't really want any of the women to get yeah. called up just be, until they figure out that <sighs> mess of what's going on. Poor Emma. I'm yeah. so sad. That makes me so sad. If if anything, because I love me some Emma. I mm-hmm. do. If anything, I mean, maybe we'll pull back the curtain just a tad. Uh, this, uh, the constant, uh, pay, good women's matches that are being put up. Uh, maybe Sarah, the, the main trainer for, for women down there, Sarah Amoto may get Sarah a Del producer Rey. spot. The former Sarah Del Rey. Yeah, the former Sarah Del Rey, the, uh, may get a uh, spot Sarah as a producer Cassignoli. to produce things. Do you know who does the booking on Raw? Um, um, it is, I'm, I'm assuming Billy Kidman writers. Has, I don't know. Quite a few of them. I'm gonna um, give I'm gonna give them some free advice. <clears throat> Your next takeover needs to be the women wrestlers of NXT going after the divas and bringing and, back actual wrestling and taking a few spots. And that's and that's what uh kind of what they did a couple. Th- things ago with uh natalia and charlotte uh natalia came down to try and win the belts and uh they put on a, a wrestling match and, and i charlotte won. 
and Charlotte won, and that's how she's the champion. Uh, I personally didn't like the match just because they they kind of shoehorned uh, Bret Hart and uh, Ric Flair in. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, it was just a, a move spectacular. There was no real story uh, behind it, and I uh, I really don't like Natalia as a wrestler uh, <laughs> just because all I think of is uh, Total Divas where she's bitching about how she she made food for her birthday but it was just a, a rotisserie chicken <laughs> so that she just bought at a grocery if store you learn nothing else from this don't watch total divas exactly oh i i fucking love me some total divas just because <laughs> it is it is the most hilarious uh reality show ever even though i know it's all fake uh yeah, i think it yeah it, it's a running gag uh, here with me and my girlfriend of just like making fun of Natalia and and Tyson yeah. of just Tyson. Why won't you have sex with me? Tyson. I'm, watching, I'm watching New Japan. Like, <laughs> you should be too. You should be watching New Japan as well. Yeah, yeah. Kids, no, honestly, if you just want a laugh, uh, Total Divas is the biggest comedy show on television. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes, it is. It is the biggest joke. Uh, but yeah, fantastic women's wrestling. I think hopefully a, a forebearer, you know, a, a sign of things to come, uh, overall. But, but probably know, not. But probably <laughs> not. Uh, we can only hope, but, but it'd be hopeless. Uh, now we get to our, uh, you know, calling Gavin, uh, you know, channeling Gavin loudspeaker, main event of the evening. Uh, we have, a very, very interesting redemption story. We have uh, Adrian Neville defending the NXT Championship to Sammy Zayn, the one, the only, the insane Sammy Zayn. Uh, there was a nice buildup and really nice story uh, surrounding this match. That right long-term here. booking, ladies yes. and gentlemen. That long-term booking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, give give us a little bit of a context of what was going on with this match, Deej. Right. Uh, NXT Championship match. Adrian Neville, the champion. Sami Zayn, the challenger. Uh, as the story goes, both Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn have been friends for a very, very long time. Uh, Adrian Neville, the champion, had been defending the title against other challengers, including Sami Zayn, through less than favorable circumstances. Some might say he was taking the occasional shortcut, but he was not saying, he was saying, I respect everyone, I'm still the same guy, but I'm going to do whatever I can to keep this title. Sami Zayn is, of course, the hero of truth and justice and ska music and everything else that's good <laughs> in the world. And he, as they say, could not win the big one. For months and months and months, he would earn title shot after title shot after title shot, but he could never beat Adrian Neville because Adrian Neville would always do that one little tiny extra thing, whether it's getting in the way of the referee or sliding out of the ring or, or some of those little things that the crowd didn't like very much just to get that extra upper hand on Sammy to defeat him once again. Leading into this match, 
Sami Zayn said in a promo that if I do not beat Adrian Neville this time at our evolution, I'm done. I will leave NXT. And so we have the main event. Petey Rave, take us in. Yes, we have the main event. Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville. And it was a, it was an intense contest. And I have to ask, Sean, I believe this may be your first impression uh, for both of these guys, uh, just like with many of the people on the show. What was your opinion on this match from from beginning to end? First impressions, thoughts on the match, everything. All right, let's start with my first impression for um, Adrian Neville was that this guy is built very interestingly because um, he seems like he should be out of the Triple H handbook, yes. but he doesn't fit that wrestling style. I mean, just from a little bit that I've seen him. I guess he's, he seems super jacked up to be doing some of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. He is, he is just arguably old. the best high flyer like in the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he definitely has a good look. But I didn't see too much from him personality-wise, which I always have. I always have to wait. It's the accent. Weeks. It's the accent. That's that's his that's his personality. That's the charisma. He is he's a British accent. <laughs> that's the way it is um, with British people. They, they, they just rely <laughs> on the accent to be their personality. And we see how well that works out for them. Um, unless you're um, unless you're William Regal, and then you have a job for life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then so I I. That was that. Then the um, who's the other guy? Um, Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn. Um, I was a little taken back by his entrance music. I wasn't expecting that from the little vignettes that they had. They're kind of going back into the history. Yeah. It seemed a little bit um, a little cheesy. Yeah, it, it is. I, was, I thought you were almost going to say generic. <laughs> um, it is. I would say give some context. He is, like we said, very good friends with it, and almost kind of a, a almost considers a, a, him and a mentor. Very good friends with El Generico, whose uh, theme has historically been the Bouncing Souls Olay. Uh, as you can see, kind of the connection. So, with the like El Generico, the generic luchador and indie wrestling god, uh, he. He, Sami Zayn, also has an appreciation for punk and ska music. So okay. that's where that came from. So it makes more sense because I was thinking to myself, why are they saying ole, ole, ole? And yep. they said, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I'm like, okay, I guess it yes. makes sense El- somewhere. <laughs> actually started his wrestling career in Montreal, Canada, even though he's from Tijuana, like Mexico. Tijuana. Yeah. Okay, so Sammy Zayn was the president of the El Generico fan club in Montreal. Okay, so I I I was with the audience. The audience had me from the first. If if you get what I mean, Sean. If you get what we're saying. (laughs) Let's let's go ahead and talk. Sean, go ahead and share your thoughts on the match. I I think I'm getting the inference there. Um, Okay, so anywho, the match started off, and I. I wasn't really into it. It felt like a Triple H match um, in the sense that it's the first maybe 30 minutes of the two hours. Moves. It's, it's sort of just kind of like the pace is really slow. And about the time that I was getting ready to write it off, I actually wrote in my notes, this match is really slow. Mm, and then as Slow I'm, build, slow as build. I, and as I'm watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, wow. And it kind of reminded me of like a sh- uh, – 
a Shawn Michaels match, especially when something's high on the line. And they kind of built, um, they kind of built, why do I keep forgetting his name? Zane, Sammy Zane, Sammy Zane, um, almost, I guess I have a Shawn Michaels type character where, you know, he's never, doesn't bring, doesn't win the big match. And, and then kind of looking at the beats of the match and how it went back and forth, it, it also reminded me of the Undertaker match as well. How the constant kickouts and how the fans were getting behind it. Long story short, I enjoyed the heck out of this match, um, especially how it ended, because they they told I, a really great story, and, and there was there was a moment in this match that I really really enjoyed because it really brought everything all to a head when the belt, the NXT Championship, came into the ring, and Sami Zayn had a chance because the ref was down. Uh, he had a chance to hit the referee with the belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you could see the crowd, this clearly smarky crowd, being totally invested and, and caught in the emotion because this was, is Sami Zayn really going to finally go to the dark side to win the NXT title? But in the end, he didn't. He put the belt down and the match continued. And in the end, Sammy won. He did it the right way, and, and all was right in the world. And you know what? There's been a lot of storylines that have uh, kind of went to that well over the year. Um, I mean, the biggest example is uh, Cena versus Wyatt, when uh, Wyatt, you know, gave Cena the chair and said, "Do it," and everybody, you know, I think, you know, he's like, "Do and it." Well, the, the entire crowd was like, "Do it, do it." Yeah, exactly. And then. Um, there's, um, the Dean, the Dean Ambrose stuff just recently where, uh, same thing with Wyatt, you know, hit me with the chair, do it. And of course that's Dean's MO to kind of just go nuts. Uh, I think this is the best, uh, way they've done it all year of like, you know, can you, are you really going to go to the dark side just to win a, win a, a piece of championship that you haven't won? Uh, just be, just because of the emotion that uh Sammy put in uh of just like it's almost he almost cried about it of just like yeah. you know am i really is this really how i'm going to win something that i've dreamed about for a really long time and uh just the emotion that that he puts puts out uh yeah it's the the match is very extraordinary uh yes. i say uh to to point out maybe a flaw or two um, I think the celebration kind of went on too long. Yeah. Um, with reason. With both reason. reason. Yes, I, I understand that. Uh, but I mean, I think they could have cut out a couple more minutes and maybe the point could have gotten across. Maybe even a cool down match would have helped it just a tad. Cause I mean, this, I mean, the celebration, I mean, we might as well just get into it. Uh, Sami Zayn puts over, you know, just, Amazing match, and he wins, wins the belt, overcomes the odds. Uh, he's definitely one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I will say this, as someone who has said for years, I think for a while it was Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, at number one, and El Generico at number two. Uh, seeing the success that Daniel Bryan has had in the WWE. I will say that I have unwavering faith in Sami Zayn. If Daniel Bryan's injuries 
cause his career to stall, I have full faith that Sami Zayn is the chosen one. So I, I, I have no doubt that the sky's the limit for him. And yes. I, this confirmed it. Yes. I agree, 100%. He's, I think, if this show, uh, says, uh, you know, one thing to everybody, uh, as far as the LOL Cena wins, turn him heel type stuff, I think there's plenty of guys that can, uh, that can take over for a spot. Uh, I think the company's in very good hands yeah. with Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, uh, Finn Balor, and, uh, Hideo Itami. And yeah. Kevin Owens, uh, those five are, uh, that, that's something. Yeah. I, I can't name a core of people that I've had faith in, uh, since the SmackDown six yeah. when yeah. it was, and, and when it was, uh, Eddie, Edge, uh, Angle, Benoit. Fucking yeah. Benoit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, you know, uh, those people, those group of guys where I'm like, man, those guys are, the future. And I think a lot of it has to do with, with, uh, their ability, their ability to tell stories. And it, there's and not the fact a, that a lot of them have told stories with one another before. Before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's just jump right into it. Yes. And I was going to say, and I was going to say, they're, they're, they're certainly say, being groomed that way. Mm-hmm. They're certainly being groomed. Like the sign says, the, they're not here to fill a spot. They're here to take a spot. And yeah. you're seeing that sign, they like to show up. But yeah, as you were going to say, Rick, I was gonna say, and there's there's a clear focus uh, as far as uh, laying things out. Yeah. Uh, there's not. Uh, they're not wasting not of, any time. There's not. They're not wasting any time. They're. I mean, they're not saying there's not four or five, six different people bouncing off ideas from each other. It, from just reading, it looks like it's one guy and and Paul Levesque, uh bouncing off ideas uh, of each other and writing the stories yeah. and doing doing the booking. It's making, I mean, making it his baby. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, getting into kind of the, the, the closing moments the of the closing con. of the show. Yeah, yeah. It was the, 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 before the full celebration happened, we saw one person jump on the apron and greet, uh, Sami Zayn and that his, his longtime best friend, Nami, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, a man who he's shared blood, sweat, and tears, and definitely blood, uh, with. And tag team titles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Owens greets him, uh, hugs him, they have this great moment, and everybody knew what was going on, uh, including yeah. the crowd. And then, you know, we have the big celebration. Uh, you know, it kind of did uh, grow on a little while along, like Rick says. Uh, then everybody clears out of the ring, and Sami Zayn slowly makes his way out of the ring. Uh, and we see Kevin Owens once again greet him, uh, as he exits, uh, and then, you know, holds, has his arm over his shoulder and then, uh, lays him out. <laughs> yeah. And like so many times in the past. Like, uh, this time he didn't, uh, he didn't say, I, f- I fucking I hate, hate you. Guts. <laughs> you know, nah. I hate your effing guts, but he might as well have. <laughs> With a clothesline uh, and a powerbomb on the ring apron. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and you know what? And the never-ending saga between these two. We're, we're destined to do this forever. Uh, yes. That's what he said in the indies. And I think it, it's very great that they're taking advantage of the uh, things that have been built outside that NXT universe. 
Um, there was one really great moment during the show, during the middle of the show, where you saw the NXT men's locker room. And you saw like Enzo and Big Cass and a few of the other guys from NXT. And then just for a moment, the camera pans over and you see Kevin Owens. And then it backs up a little bit and you see Sami Zayn. And then they both just kind of look at each other without mm-hmm. saying a word. When that happened, I was, I was in full fangirl mode. Just, <laughs> they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing oh, it. They're yeah. doing it. <laughs> oh and, yeah. Oh, and you know yeah. what? There's there's another great callback that I don't think people noticed um when at the end where they did the uh where Adrian Neville and uh Sami Zayn did did the little respect handshake uh which you you guys know that I love the yeah. the respect and and sport of wrestling. Uh the, oh, well, they go I mean, way back. That, uh, yeah, they go way back. But there's also a nice thing where they they did this. They did the match uh, like a year ago, and they did the same handshake except they did it through uh, Sammy's eyes because uh, Neville Neville did the kick of the of the hand, and then uh, brothers and then, you don't know, shake hands. Yep, you brothers hug. Don't. Oh, yep, man. and then they and then they, they reversed it uh, this time around. Um, I, I might be getting the order screwed up, but I mean it's literally the the same exact handshake uh, style that they do, which is a nice little callback from a year ago, I think. Yeah, yeah must somewhere a year ago, there, somewhere over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know you were talking about uh, Sean. What was your impression of kind of this closing moment and what it what what it could mean for this like their story? Um, I think it takes, like how you were saying, you have to have a strong opening, a strong closing. You take arguably the two high, the two MVPs of the show, and then you give the people who might have been checking it out for the first time because now the WWE network is non-committal. Um, so you're you're watching these two kind of like, all right, we're gonna set it up, and you know that already that they have this. They have this history of building out these long, these long um, matches, these long um, feuds. So you're gonna get to see these two butt heads, and especially because this guy just debuted, he's going straight for the champion. That kind of says a lot about the Kevin Owens um, persona. As okay, I'm I'm gonna go straight to the top, and is he that good that they're gonna let him? And that's kind of what's going through your mind as a fan, saying who might not know who Kevin Owens is. Mm-hmm. Saying, all right, the hype is real. There's a reason why the audience loves this guy. Yeah. And I think that does a great thing for NXT. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is such a cool storyline to kind of have him lay him out and, uh, like, and it's so reminiscent as somebody who saw their battle with, you know, their fight without honor, uh, <laughs> when they <laughs> literally, uh, you know, they, they almost damn near killed each other. Uh, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. You know, the, to the to the detriment of a of a ladder or, or two. Or guerrilla warfare, or when they were a tag team. Yeah, just the whole thing. Yes, yes. Uh, but it, it is. I, I'm looking forward to things to come. Uh, from those two in future big events, because the, the they the they might they might in fact kill each other, and that's going to be interesting. <laughs> they might literally kill each yeah. other. Yeah. That and that's and that's the best part is that I don't think this this feud has an end in sight. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the equivalent of what uh, they just did with uh, Ambrose and and Rollins. Uh, 
probably the best i mean one of the best feuds this year is is them and while they did have a a close you know an end feud match it, it didn't seem like the end and i feel like this is one of those feuds that in in 10 years uh people are going to be like oh we're fucking seeing this thing again uh at the equivalent of cena and and orton type thing but i think uh the difference is, is i don't think anybody will get tired of it yeah. uh no, I, I I certainly can't imagine getting tired of it. I haven't uh, yet. Yes. I've yet to get. Tired. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, we're what four, five years? Is oh no, five no, almost. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> overall, I mean, it's been it's it's a very long feud. If you you know the the relationship between those two goes so far back. Like yeah. I've seen. The bulk of both of their careers. Yes. And it uh, and it really does it, go. And, way, and, way and Rick, back. you saw well, I'm saying, I'm saying years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It is, uh, yeah. It, 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 it's such a good sign of things to come, uh, when they continue this going forward. Uh, and such a good capper to, to a really fantastic event overall. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about conclusions about the event overall. Uh, Sean, what was your impression? At the end of it, of your of the event overall and the direction of of NXT, the you know the the minor leagues, if you want to call it minor leagues, NXT has made me a fan of wrestling again. And I'm going to watch. I'm going to check it out. And I'm not only that. I'm not. I'm going to go backwards. I'm not going forwards because I've seen what the WWE main roster has to offer, and I'm not impressed. To me, when a wrestler leaves NXT to go to the WWE, they're pretty much dead to me. So because <laughs> wow. I don't I don't we got have, another one, Petey. Yes. <laughs> got another one. I don't I don't have I don't have faith in their in their booking or writing anymore. I just you only can be burned so many times. And if all they can do is take somebody who was really good in NXT or on um, Ring of Honor or one of these other places and and repackage them and try to duplicate what they did, I might as well just watch the source material and then look at, look at the, look at the next wave of people coming up and maybe, just maybe when they do go up, see what they do out of curiosity just to see maybe you're not as bad, but then maybe I'm just confirming what I know. Yeah. I, I like to say, Sean, to that, I, I have faith in the, the performers themselves. Yes. I never lost faith in Daniel Bryan. I will never lose faith in Sami Zayn. <laughs> and if there's one piece of, of word that I can give to anybody that might be having that feeling, oh, NXT is so awesome, but the main roster sucks because they can't write. Have faith. When when Daniel Bryan got signed, I just knew in, in 2009, I knew in my heart of hearts, he's going to be a world champion. He's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. I know, I know, I know. And it took a while, and it was a pretty awful trip getting there. Yeah. But it happened. That's why I say I look at a guy like Sami Zayn, and I have faith. I look at Kevin Owens, and I have faith. I look at Hideo Itami and Finn Balor. I have faith. And all I can say is that Triple H is there. He, in a few years, maybe even sooner, will be the guy that's taking more of the hold of the WWE uh, once 
somebody realizes that Vince McMahon really is completely out of touch and crazy. Yes. So the the best thing I can say, and maybe maybe this will be our episode title, Petey, is just have faith. Just That's have, all I can say. Just have faith. You gotta have faith. Mm-hmm. Faith to faith to faith. Uh yeah. Uh, well, Rick, Rick, what was your impression overall? I don't know if we got a full like, kind of uh, your thoughts on the impression of the show overall. Yeah, I think uh, I I echo the same the same words. Uh, the only the only I mean I'm a I think we've established that I'm kind of a WWE guy and and you know I've dabbled in indie wrestling and things like that. I fell out. I'm back in. I fell out. I'm back in. Uh, I. With WWE, this is the first time in a really long time where I, uh, I've kind of like lost interest in the product. And this is uh, a dangerous time where you could tune out and, uh, yeah, you'd, and then come back in like six months and you wouldn't miss a beat. Um, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's one of those, and that's a bad thing when you're creeping up on WrestleMania season No, yes. with, um, with Daniel Bryan's injury. I've checked yeah. out so. mm-hmm. and some people with Daniel Bryan's injury checking out and things like that. Uh, this, uh, NXT definitely keeps my foot in the door. Um, I, I really do. Uh, I think it's time for me to hang up the raw, the raw uh, cape uh, of tuning in Mondays. And I mean, the only, the only thing that's keeping me there is Rusev. And I think it's, (laughs) it's, and Rusev is, is you have no idea uh, is faith in the NXT brand. Uh, Just watch Rusev, man. Uh, Rusev is unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable talent. And I think a lot of it is the gimmick and people bitch about how it's cheap heat and blah, blah, blah. If it, you know, it's it's fucking working up there, and, and it work. There's a reason why. It's because they built it up in in NXT. Uh, just like old DJ Major said, have faith, because uh, Rusev is is a product of NXT, and, and until until they falter with that, you can't really deny the NXT brand. Uh, but I mean, it's it's something. Three hours of wrestling is a a lot to do. Uh, with Especially NXT, when there's a lot of filler. Exactly. Uh, this show has a lot of filler. Zero filler. When there's yeah. a lot of filler and there's a lot of no direction, uh, yeah. that's a problem. Uh, NXT is is 50 minutes every week, uh, and there and there are times where you can miss out, and you you'd be like, "What? What's happening?" Uh, okay. Uh, that I I think I got it back. Uh, it, it's um. NXT is an amazing wrestling product, and I think uh, I'm making a a claim saying I'm, I think I'm done with Raw for a yes. while. I, to, here's the here's the problem when when WWE comes to your town and you and you're like you know they come once a year and you're like man I really want to go but I don't want to be I don't want to fucking pay like Rick. thirty bucks. For one Raw person, Joe Louis Arena here in Detroit just last week, and I was like. Nah. Mm-hmm. nah. I could do that, or I could watch more. I could, I could rewatch Attack on Titan or something. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it's just exactly right. When you have, when you have that uh, mentality of like, do I really want to spend thirty dollars a ticket? I leave the house. Do, you, you know, know? no, and you, you, and know, you can't, things like you can't fast forward to a Santino match. Exactly. Well, and I, I, I love Santino, and I love you know, I love going I to live events, but I mean, it's just one of those things it's a where drag. It is a it's drag. Three hours. 
uh, I've gone to three hour raws and three hour raws are very, uh, especially, especially if the one you go to is the rocks birthday special. No, <laughs> I went, Hey, I went to, I went to one where John Morrison, uh, almost became king of the ring. So I, that was God awful. Uh, but watch Lucha Underground, everybody. Yeah. yeah you know what? And yes. I, I agree with Lucha Underground, uh, but watch it on Spanish, Spanish, uh, commentary. I, no, I, I mean, I, so we'll, yes. we'll get off track on that, but I love the NXT. I think if you enjoyed this, uh, you should stick with NXT because yes. it, looking at, looking down the car, I just caught last week's, uh, episode and is, Amazing, especially if you love Kevin Owens and if you love Adrian Neville. Yeah, uh, nice. I would recommend catching that. And Great. if you don't have WWE Network, I know for a fact they have it on uh, Hulu. So don't be discouraged. Yes, NXT is on Hulu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah. Don't, don't be discouraged if you don't want to WWE Network it and give them $10. You could pay 8 and watch, you know, watch it on Hulu with commercials, obviously. And then you can uh, catch up on Castle or something. Or I don't yeah, know. You can exactly. do other things with things your like Hulu membership. Plenty of uh, anime on Hulu. Yeah. Plenty mm-hmm. of anime. Uh, I started watching Space Dandy on, on Hulu Plus just because it was they recommended to me, you know. It was just there. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, you know, restaurants and whatnot. Uh, DJM. What is your takeaway, uh, coming away? You know, these guys' opinions on the show yourself. My takeaway is that this was really just a perfect two-hour wrestling show. It was absolutely flawless from start to finish. And I haven't seen anything like that in a very, very long time. I was, I was just blown away by that. How from the opening to the ending, there, I had no gripes. It was just absolutely flawless. And I was blown away. And I thought the fruit basket was completely justified. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and I have to echo all those sentiments. It was a fantastic wrestling show, uh, from top to bottom. Uh, but yeah, th- that was a, a fantastic, uh, show of wrestling. And this was a fantastic episode of Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. Um, Sean, Anime 3000, tell us all about that and tell us, Tell us how much you love having DJM on, on your network. Sean Russell of the A3K network at over at anime3000.com. Sean, th- this is the part that we, that you would know as the takeaway. So Sean, please, you have the floor. Well, um, Anime 3000, we're a group of anime and manga fans and we do something similar to what you're doing every Saturday at 11 p.m. Eastern where we talk about anime or pretty much what's going on in our lives. And you can definitely check that out. But we also have articles and a lot of other content on our website as well. So we're not just podcasts. And, of course, DJM is one of our personalities over there. We we borrowed him. Um, you know, we're, we're renting him for a little <laughs> time. And um, he's doing a fantastic job over at Anime 3000. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. So if you like anime and manga and that sort of thing, check out anime3000.com. Mm-hmm. And Rick, we can follow you at Foster on Sports. We can plug the fact that you are joining me and our buddy Mitsula, uh, pretty soon for Jury Mania. And we're going to be, yes, that's going to that be a big true. episode for us. Yeah. Can I uh, come too? If yes, you, you can. Yeah. If you, if you, if you can make it out. I don't know, I don't know if like Jury has like legit heat brother with me or something. <laughs> no, can I, no. Can I come too? Yes. yes. Do it. Yes. Do come. It. 
Uh, he, well, if you if you if you're serious, I will include you in the email chain. <laughs> I yeah, will yeah, see you. <laughs> you know what? And PD and I talked about it at Dragon Con with with Justin, and he specifically mentioned your name. So yeah, you're you're in. Yes, it, yes, it will be a everything. fun time in the Bay Area, but uh, yeah, Rick, we you're, we're gonna be hanging out at WrestleMania. Uh, what else? What else you got going on on the internet? Um, yeah, Foster and Sports. I usually uh, I well now that I've declared my D love for Raw, I I live tweet Raw, funny haha's on Foster on Sports. Uh, I talk hockey sometimes. I've been neglecting the account. Uh, if you want personal stuff, uh, I'm on at Rick Foster. Um, and if you want to get a hold of me, that's probably the best way to do it. Also, uh, I have a month off from school and I'm going to, uh, start, uh, doing some videos. Uh, so you can, uh, catch me on Foster Rick, uh, that's, uh, Foster and then the word Rick, uh, dot wordpress.com. I'll throw out YouTube links. Uh, I think I'm going to upload a video in the next couple days of building your own comic book case, uh, to enclose your comic books, uh. It's just a quick, this is a cover of what I'm working on. Uh, I'm going to try it out. I'm, uh, uh, playing video games, things like that. So that's a good thing to, to check out. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, to, so check out all those things. To, yeah. So I don't have to do housework around. That's what I'm going to do is do some videos. Uh, otherwise my girlfriend will, uh, get mad at me, uh, for why the laundry isn't done. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm venturing out in the YouTube world. I'm about uh, nine years late, but uh, yeah, that's that's what's gonna happen. Rick Foster is a YouTuber. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, Deed, what do, what do you got going on at Delta Juliet, Mike? Over at Delta Juliet, Mike Media, coming up tomorrow, a brand new episode of the flagship show, shooting the shit with two nerdy black guys. Uh, also, you will be seeing the glorious triumphant return of the Nanashi Anime Podcast, the anime podcast with no name. Myself and my good friend Lily Inverse after our one-year hiatus because both of us had a really shitty 2014 (laughs) are finally getting back together to do our little podcast. And the episode coming up next will be all about revolutionary girl Utena. Also coming up in January 2015, coming to Anime3000.com with my co-host... Now officially announced, Ash Snowshoe, Anime Ooh. League Sports Show, Talking Force, Hyper Force Team Go. For you fans of the FSL, you might have heard that little thing I did with Tom Merritt and Justin Robert Young, all about the International Anime League. Well, the IAL is real, the IAL is coming, and it is coming to all things A3K. So stay tuned on the Twitter twatter at just call me DJM. Yes, yes. Uh, the world needs more, more snoosh and more Lily in verse, and I'm glad we're getting it. Uh, it's just, it makes the internet a better place overall. I way. agree. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you can follow, check out this show, fannypackwrestling.com, uh, rebelli.net slash fannypack, rebelli.net for all the other shows, uh, fannypackwp on the Twitter, uh, you can find us, hopefully, if things keep working out, uh, continuing to be here live every other Sunday on diamondclub.tv as long as there are no, uh, conflicts with any other podcasts. Uh, and as long as I don't piss anybody off. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as long as, uh, Gatawag lets us. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Gatawag. We love you. Thank you, uh, Gatawag. 
Yes. Uh, but yeah, check out us every other Sunday, uh, evening. Uh, we also, I also post the, uh, audio podcast on Mondays, usually include little tidbits here and there, but, uh, but yeah, check out all the shows, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, subscribe, like, uh, before I leave you, um, as I, I always have Chinese food on Sunday, I have my fortune <laughs> cookie, uh, fools use tomorrow, wise use today. So this fool wishes you in your pants. <laughs> so this fool will see you tomorrow. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Beans and disease.